Welcome back to the State of the Blue Note. Um, brought to you by John Bick of the St. Louis Blues again. Give him a call for your group night out, uh, sweets, or uh, anything you and 12 to 16 people want to go to a hockey game for. His number is 314-589-5958. Hi. Smooth. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and we're off. Yeah, there we go. I was going to say, at what point does it just become that John's a glutton for punishment? I, I really three hope weeks now. does he listen to like the show no. on like, well, no, no, but no, if he does, does he listen to it like in the office? Cause they're all right there. It's all, it's just this little cube farm in the basement. Mm. <laughs> it's a good question. Does, probably doesn't bode well for me. <laughs> uh, they're passing your account around left and right. Uh, so Daniels, as a, Daniels, who's got him this week? <laughs> right. They just pass it around. What do I say this week? Uh, we'll get there. <laughs> Be better. I won't say much. Um, as of today, the Blues are 10, 6, and 3, uh, 23 points. 10 and 9. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, wait. Yeah, hmm. wait, no. Yeah, he's only looking at one month. No, I'm looking at the whole season. I'm looking at the I know NHL that website. 6 and 3 is 9 losses. They lost three times in overtime, hence they're 10 and 9. <sighs> well, then they need I to. I don't like the overtime loss thing. I, I think it's stupid. There's When we said, what do, What else do we talk about in the third period? I there, think we let Pat I, just I, rant on that. Now we sound like I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Yeah. Well, let's figure out how we got there. Um, to what? To, Nine to, times to, they didn't score more than the other team. <clears throat> exactly. Oh, that's it. <laughs> um, so what do we do? We all agree we're 10 and 9? <laughs> how do we ever know, is, Pat using the metric, <laughs> is Pat using the metric system over there? I don't know. I I just explained to you why I think that's a dumb thing. A that's dumb rule. Like well, The metric system or the losses? <clears throat> Sorry? The metric system <laughs> or the losses? The losses. Okay. I'm on board with the metric system. Oh, I got okay. no problem with that. There we go. Communist. Right. Um, <laughs> Every other country in the world. So one thing that we, we've we've kind of talked about back and forth is, you know, Shattenkirk. A defensive liability. <laughs> I mean. That's putting it mildly what he is at this point. It... He's good on the power on the power play. I think we have better on the team. He he just likes to drift in front of his crease and try to do something stupid with the puck. Okay, here's what here's oh what God, it is. Here we go. This is what set me off. The San Jose game Thursday night, I believe it was. Yes, Thursday night. He goes behind his net. He tries to be cute. And do a drop pass in the middle of his own zone, and it almost winds up in the, in the back of his own net. Now, I'm sorry. That's stuff that I yell at my seven-year-old son about not doing in the middle. A 27-year-old professional should know better than that. I don't care how good you think you are. Because I think that's one of Shattenkirk's biggest problems. I think he thinks he's really good, and he can get away with a lot of things that other players can't. The problem is, neither can he. He is not good enough defensively to try to do these little cute little passes that he thinks he can get away with. He is Alex Petrangelo five years ago that drove us nuts in his own defensive zone. But he's been in the NHL for six years now-ish. I just I don't care. He is getting to be a massive liability back there. On a team that's in transition from the old system to the new system, and when you go to that run-and-gun system that they're trying to do, your defense has to be one of the strongest points of their team because they have to be able to make up for other guys pinching in and going up on the O zone. But this team does not have that. 
they don't have the defensive strong point that they used to have last year. And I can't tell you what it is because it's the exact same core that they had. They're just not playing well defensively at all. And they've given up big games of goals. Uh, the New York game, the Dallas game. The Columbus game. Columbus, yeah, God, I was at that one, man. That can is loud. <laughs> and I got the full. I was effect. waiting for you to get into that, but. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, but it just it's just those little mistakes that they're making. And, it, and it's not an NHL level mistake. It's like you said, Charlie's team shouldn't be doing that. No, and that's the thing. It's just. I've I've been saying it for well over a year that he's a defensive liability, and I know that I said at the beginning of the year I still would not be upset if they did re-sign him. But I'm leaning more towards the 50-50. If they got rid of him, I would not care at this point. I'd be more interested in what's coming back to help the team because he, to me, I understand that he is second on the team in points with 14, and that's from 10 assists. I just... I simply think if you put Colton Pareko in the time on the ice that Shattenkirk does, you're going to get that from Pareko. And I think you're going to, at the end of the day, two or three years down the line, you're going to have a better defenseman in Pareko than. I think he's much more, less of a defensive liability than Shattenkirk is. That's for today, sure. Today. Today. 100% right now. Although he did have a great breakaway the other night. Daniels? I. I don't. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're looking at me like you got. No, I mean, I I can't argue with any of that. I mean, the only thing I can say is because I've spent the time while Pat was saying everything I was thinking was to make my comparison that I think Kevin Shattenkirk looks like Latka from uh, Taxi. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He Thank looks you. at the, that picture. We. I mean, he Thank does you very much. Right. <laughs> he looks like Latka. Right. <laughs> that's what I've added so far tonight. Oh, that's. Wow. No, I mean, what are you going to say? We've talked about it. At, we've talked about it. I think every episode at, at some nauseum. Point. Yeah, yeah. You, you got a guy that just. I watched the pass that you're talking about. My God, he. It's not that he doesn't know better, and it's not that one pass. No, He's it's not that one. But at least three or four he, times a game, he tries to make a cute pass, and it's like if he would eliminate from the, that from his game, I think it would shore up his defensive game, and all of a sudden he turns into a different hockey player. We're talking about one mistake a game which really isn't fair in one regard no it's not but that is it is so uh there's a spotlight on it because everybody's looking for it well and i'm i'm okay with making mistakes if they're effort mistakes these are just these are trying uh, to be cutesy little mistakes that it's like if because if the pass goes through i'll give him the benefit of the doubt even though i didn't i i'm not seeing where he's trying to put the puck a lot of times it's one thing if you make that cute pass it goes through and all of a sudden, you, you you end up on a you know an odd man rush, or you, you you go to the other end with a Tarasenko wide open. I you know I don't know, but they're not even that type of pass because you're not going to dump that through the crease to anyone that's going to be able to go 180 feet, right? 175 feet in any period of time that they can't make some sort of change, make some sort of adjustment in their game to slow that rush down. So I, I don't know. I'm. Uh, I'm kind of in the middle of the road today because I was the one probably much more of a proponent of bringing Kevin Shattenkirk back all along. You can't have enough defensive tools. You can't have enough defensive players. You can't have enough elite defensemen. Problem is, is I'm not certain he falls into an elite defenseman category right now. His offensive upside is easily in the in the upper percentages of the NHL. But his defensive liability is what causes an issue. And it's it's all mental. It's just not 
taking care of the puck in in his final third, his defensive end. And it, that's the frustrating part is he's got those tools to get the puck up and out, but yet he he does a drop pass. He tr- he skates in front of his own net with the puck. You don't need to do that, man. <laughs> just get up and out of the zone. No, he. As I said, I just to me, I think he's buying into his own hype that he's he's an elite defenseman, as Brian put it. And unfortunately, in today's NHL, an elite defenseman is an offensive defenseman. A defensive defenseman gets you nothing anymore. You, you get four, you, you get third pairing minutes, and you never get you know you never get brought up as one of the best. I mean, look at the Norris Trophy winners for the last eight years. They're all points. None of them are none of them are defensive guys. No, they're all points. You know, maybe maybe you can make an argument for Dowdy last year as being one of the better defensive defensemen. I was going to say, but when you go back to the conversation, anymore, not even necessarily guys that are winning awards, but if you go back to the Carlsons, you go back to the Burns, you go to these guys. There's defensive liabilities in both of those players that I'm talking Subban, about. Right now. who's always up Subban's there. Subban's another one. There's a defensive liability in his game. So that's not saying that they're bad defensemen because I don't want anybody to think that I think they're bad defensemen. I don't think they are. I just think they are better offensive defensemen than they are defensive defensemen. But is that, is that the hype too? The NHL wants that exciting player. They like want that. scoring. They do. And you know, if you're building your team, is your first pick a Brent Burns? Is it a is it a PK Subban? Oh, I'll be completely sure. hypocritical. I, yeah. If you give me a pick of a, you know, a Brent Burns versus. Oh God, I, I couldn't even name a defensive defense. That's the sad part is, like somebody who who stays at home and doesn't get in the way. You know, go back. Okay, go back when the Blues drafted Jackman. Sure. You know, would you take a Barrett Jackman or a or Brent Burns? Now I know that sounds crazy to say the comparison because Jackman is retired and you know what his career became. But when you drafted him, when they drafted him, what mm-hmm. were they looking at? Well, every every single GM would have taken the Brent Burns style guy. I mean that's that's an obvious choice. Any offense you can get from your defenseman is a plus. But you don't see Brent Burns or PK Subban putting a drop pass in front of his own crease. No, you sure don't see that. Well, I they, think- they take care of business. I mean, yeah, they they when they make the mistakes of being a defensive liability, it's in the offensive end. It's them pinching. It's them going to the goal. It's them up there. It's not from the the penalty or the faceoff dots in. You know, and the other thing that makes up for their defense problems is their. I mean, basically their toughness. They make it. They make a mistake in their own zone. They're going to rough the guy up that just t- that made them look stupid. Kevin Shattenkirk doesn't doesn't do that, nor can he. I don't think Shattenkirk's anywhere near as tough as guys like Subban or Burns or Shea Weber. Well, he doesn't. Like he doesn't have the size. He doesn't well, have the have, size. He, but he also doesn't have the meanness. You know what I mean? The meanness that no. Even if you even if when you look at Subban and Dowdy and Burns and everything. Yeah, you know they're offensive guys, but they've also got that side where you go, eh. Kevin Shattenkirk's a guy that if you were to go pound for pound with maybe the exception of Burns, really, genuinely, with the exception of Burns, Shattenkirk is a guy that, well, I mean, maybe put him in that same type of category as Burns. I know they're two different players, but you could dress Kevin Shattenkirk to play a forward uh, on a, a given oh, night yeah. if you needed to. His offensive upside is that good. His skill, let me say, his offensive skill is that good. I don't know that it's going to pan out to be what it needs to be. But he's – offensive defensemen are tough to pick out. Mm-hmm. Eric Johnson gets drafted. The Blues sit there and say this is going to be a guy that can not only play defense but is going to have an offensive upside. He certainly looked to have it at times too. But I looked it up right now on purpose. How many goals and how many assists does Eric Johnson have this year? The answer is zero. He has none. In 17 games played, he has no points whatsoever. None. Um, I lied to you. He has eight assists 
He has no gold. <laughs> I lied to you. Wow, a little bit, little bit a off. Refresh. Wow, a little yeah. off. I just look at it and I'm we'll like, wow, tonight? We'll tonight? No, he has, assists tonight. he has eight assists, but he has no goals. You're not you don't you're not drafting Eric Johnson where we drafted Eric Johnson for assists. You drafted him for goals. Agree, yeah. Yeah. So, and he's also a minus 2, which probably at this point of the year on a team like Colorado is actually not that bad. Um, but he's minus 45 for his career. Ouch. I know how much you love the plus minus. I do. It's one of my favorites. It's overrated and doesn't mean much. Yeah, but it helps in fantasy points. There it matters. <clears throat> so, moving forward into the back line, the things that we've discussed as well off air. Um, the play of Allen, we keep trying to defend him a little bit, but he's starting to look a little sh- – well, he's been a little shaky this season. Well, here's the hard part. It's Sunday night, and they've just won three in a row at home. Now, you had the slump buster in Buffalo. He had a good game against San Jose. Bad second goal. But then he turned around and he looked great against Nashville. So, I guess it, it just goes with the tone of every show that we've done so far. Who, which Blues team who shows is up? It? Like, wh- who is he? Which one is he? I don't think it's who is he either. I think it's more the team in front yeah, of him. Yeah, I think it's 100%. You see, I'm not down on Allen. I think Allen's actually played very well this year. I, I think th- the team in front of him has not played very well, and the inconsistency of their play has certainly affected his. And a system change affects the goalie, too. People don't realize that that's going to affect how he plays the puck, mm-hmm. how he moves around the net. I'm not going to tell you that he looked like he did last year. It doesn't look like he's settled in at all. However, I think this week he's looked to settle into his position a little bit better. Did he let some bad goals in? Yes. Is he going to do that? Certainly. Sure. But I, I look at I, I look at the games that were played, and there were times that he started turning shots aside and making Jake Allen type saves. That I, you know, it's not it, it. We're we're the week of Thanksgiving, and I don't want to I don't want to jump uh, you know jump on or off a bandwagon of the team or the goaltender because I think the goaltender is the right guy for the job and I think he's going to show it this year too. It's just going to take some time for him to settle into that job. I mean, he's sitting where do you go? He's 25th in the league in save percentage at uh, .91, which really isn't that bad. No. Um, on top of that, he's 22nd in the league with a two three five goals against. Mind you, that includes games where he just got absolutely shelled. Yeah, yeah. the 8-4 to four. The six to <clears throat> six to nothing against the Rangers, five nothing. <laughs> you know, was, five, I didn't one, know he didn't two, finish either one of those games, but um, I mean those those stats aren't great, but they're not absolutely terrible. The things that concern me with Allen is he'll make nine saves where you're like, how the hell did he do that? And then a little one will squeak. Yeah, like the second goal against San Jose. That was that was a play where puck came to the middle and the kid did a spin real quick, and Allen was sliding post to post and just got caught. Without his stick in the proper place, which is protecting his five hole, that he if you watch him, he's done that quite a bit. Quite a bit. His stick isn't in the in the best positioning when he's try, when he's going post to post on that five hole play, and, and that's where he's getting beat is low in the middle. Yeah, there in um, the, like the flapper of his glove, he's been a little soft on that too, where the shots have just overpowered him, flicked it back a little bit, and squeaked into. Now, and there's been a couple of them too that, you know, as we said, due to the play in front of him. He's never seen. Oh yeah, I mean that that goal against the the Panarin goal, yeah, the OT goal. You know, Allen saw never it. saw that. Thing. That's one thing. The Vancouver game, I, I sat right over Hutton's shoulder. Those guys can't see anything. No, I mean you're lucky to get Man. anything on it. The way that they do with those shots from the point. Um, but you know he just he's been inconsistent due to the team's inconsistent play. I mean we said it earlier. They're ten and nine. They're five hundred. They're up and down. 
every week we every other week we've done this. You know, they had a horrible week following our last show, and then what do they do? This week they go three and zero at home. I really think they listen to our podcast and like let's totally screw with these guys. It would be a really fun wait. thing if they did. wait <laughs> wait. I'm not certain anyone listens to this podcast, much less the Blues. They're probably listening, laughing at us. But who? Everybody or the Blues? Well, whoever you want to name, but yeah, oh. but namely the Blues. Mostly the Blues. That's got to be a real kick. The you know what's that? I just told Kevin Shattenkirk that he looks like Latka. He can't I'm be. That's pretty gonna... sure you're not the first. I'll tell you what though, if he if that nickname starts this week, you worst. know two things. <laughs> One, they listen, <laughs> and two, it started here, and that's mine. <laughs> and he'll say thank you very much. Uh, I mean, it's it's November. That's what's tough about this show is there's just really. It's it's November. Well, but we said at the beginning of the show, <clears throat> like Thanksgiving is when you judge a team of who they are and what you have. And I think, unfortunately, this is what you're going to be looking at for the majority of the season <clears throat> is a lot of inconsistent up and down, win three, lose two, win two, lose four. But you that's know, sports. You're gonna, I think you're going to see that a lot. That's sports, though. I mean, we're still in second place in our division. Oh, I know. I just I was looking at the standings too. I couldn't believe it. Are you looking at them in the Imperial or the Metrics? Metric are okay. still in second in the Metric too. That's awesome. Um, I, it's frustrating just because those big blowout losses. You know, it's frustrating to get pounded. I'd rather lose two to one or one nothing than sixteen to two like we have been. But uh, that that's sports though. I mean, it's an eighty-two game season. You're going to have to get through that. I think that's what makes guys like us that are our diehard fans, that's what makes it look like this season is going to be a rough one because you're, you're losing games, five, nothing, eight to four, four to one, you know, you're getting blown out of games and we're focusing on those. When, as I just said, they just won three in a row at home. You got to think they feel a little bit of confidence coming off the road trip, getting a little home cooking. Like they, like they say that teams like to do. What do they have? Nine of the next ten, or eight of the next eleven at home, or something like that. Like they've something got a crazy. lot of here at home um, in the next stretch of games. So, you know, is this what they use to kind of give them a little jump? Who knows? I, I don't know. That's the thing. It's just. It's like you said. It's November. It's eighty-two games. It's a long way to go. But man, they really aren't showing you anything to make you think that this is going to be a deep, a deep run, or what. What are they going to be in March? You know, are we still going to be sitting here spinning our heads trying to figure out who they are in March? Because it sure looks like we're going to be. I think there's a good chance of that, unfortunately. I, I, I just don't I don't see. I don't see anything in this team that suddenly makes them define what they what they are, because I haven't seen even though I've seen good games, I haven't seen a team that I go, that's. That's what I think we really are mm. deep down that we've got to get out. I, I've just seen good hockey games, and I, I know that sounds pretty generic, but it hasn't been one particular aspect. That, I mean, it's good that this is the, that we have this, but it's bad at the same time. The best part of your hockey team right now is your penalty kill. <laughs> Which they've – Lord well, knows you need it at this point. Well, between the – and we can talk about this later, but how many delay games have we gotten this season? That, how about this? How about six too many men on the ice penalties already this so year? You've had delay a game, and you've had you, you've had arguably the two lazy man penalties. Yeah, too many men in delay a game. And when well, I say we, lazy, it doesn't We lead the league mean. in tripping. 
They were there's saddles so too last again another one that always kind of falls into that the, the lazy hockey player thing and you hate saying it that way but it's true when you start getting the hookings the trippings the delay games you're and the too many your men you're we say lazy and I don't mean that they're lazy and they don't do anything they're just the lazy aspects of the game whether it's mentally <clears throat> lazy that you're that we got too many guys jumping on got a guy trying to flip the puck either to get it out of the zone a lot of times because we're tired or because you're just it's a dumb move and, and you flip it out i mean some of it's bad luck right you hit a you hit a run of bad luck Rolls and things are bad end of the stick or something yeah that's fine and those things happen <clears throat> but the fact that we can name four penalties that we're seeing consistently out of this team that kind of fall to that category historically not me just making it up that that's always been historically mm-hmm. a hockey coach's worst nightmare <sighs> i i don't i don't know how you fix that I mean, I'm sure there's a way to do it. I'm, I'm not a hockey coach, but how do you how do you fix that? And we'll discuss how in the second period. Bum, bum. <laughs> yeah, this is Day of the Blue now brought to you by John Bick of the St. Louis Blues for your group outing. Give him a call. 314-589-5958. We'll be back for the second. of the State of the Blue Note, brought to you by John Bick of the St. Louis Blues. Looking to bring a group out for a... Uh, oh, God damn it. Subtle. <laughs> awesome, man. There it is. Uh, call John for a group. 314-589-59. That was good. It's late. Sorry. Um, you know, one of the pleasant surprises, if there's are anything pleasantly surprising this season, has been the fourth line. Um, and Ryan Reeves, the, his play, just uh, he's changed his game radically. Another two guys with him have uh, definitely stepped up with Upshaw and Rodziak. What do they have? Four goals in the last three games. And Rodziak's got, got two. two. Upshaw's got one. My granted, Upshaw's was also an empty net, and I think it was. I'm not even sure the rest of the fourth line was out there with him. Oh no, it wasn't because Perron set no, him up. Perron set him up. Um, but you're still talking to a guy who plays regular fourth line minutes, so that's at least three. And I think they have another one in there, but I'm, I could be wrong. But either way, those guys have been outstanding, and it hasn't been the fourth line that we saw last year. That was Ryan Reeves going around banging the hell out of everybody, Upshell getting in there with the little man attitude and hitting people and causing problems, and Brodziak putting one or two in. These guys are playing legitimate hockey, and it's one of the best forechecks that's on the team, and they're causing a lot of problems. 
Ryan Reeves put a phenomenal pass on the Brodziak stick for that tip-in goal earlier this week. I don't think he knows how that happened. Uh, well, it, was, you I see his quote afterwards? No. was phenomenal. Reeves like, I just spun around, blacked out, and we had scored. I didn't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I mean, they're playing really well. Ryan Reeves, it, look at some of the quotes going back. Read some of the quotes post-game from the beginning of the year in the post from Rutherford and Gordon. Every single one of them, when it comes to Ryan Reeves, has been outstanding play from the guy. He has done everything that this team asked him to do and has made him a f- just a pivotal part of that fourth line. And it not just being the tough guy anymore, being able to play hockey and make plays. I mean, they, like I said, he ma- he's made two or three legit plays playing in 12 minutes a game. If 12 minutes a game, I shouldn't even say that. It's more like nine, nine, ten minutes out of the game. And Reeves is making two or three legitimate plays. The guy's making a difference every time he's out there. Well, I, I think that line is bringing the. And you mentioned the forecheck, and they've done it well, and they've done it efficiently too. They're not taking bad penalties. Um, it's not so much the go in, we'll, we'll bang in, steal the puck. It's they're playing hockey to steal the puck, and I think there's a lot of grit in that line that the other lines are missing on the forecheck, and I think it comes with with their personalities. Fourth line, Ryan Reeves, especially. I look back at last night's game. <clears throat> Reaver gets upended. Just flat upended by was it James Neal? It was James Neal. Uh, James Neal. Last year and years before, Ryan Reeves would have taken a stupid penalty on his next shift or the following shift, chasing after James Neal because James Neal is not going to fight him. It's not going to no. happen. But he'll take a stupid penalty, and we say stupid, but maybe even a little justified because I totally get it. It didn't phase him. He went back out and he played his game of hockey after that, which his game of hockey right now, he still is flying around hitting people. He still plays a heavy game. His speed is impressive for a man that size. Mm. And the little things he's doing, you're never going. he's never going to be the guy that's going to – he's not a 2020 player. That's never – so don't take it as that statement. But I remember years ago, Ryan Reeves talking about moving, moving up through the ranks and Davis Payne was the head coach uh, of Peoria that had pulled him aside and said, you're going to have to figure out a different way to the NHL. And that, you know, Reeves at that point was a skill guy or more of a skill guy and wasn't a fighter and started to take up the art of fighting. And that's what got him into the NHL. But what's going to keep him in the NHL is his ability to adjust and change to, to what's going on. You get a heavy game that is going to be nasty. Ryan Reeves can handle it still, but they're you're able to roll four lines, and arguably your fourth line is it's you know it's it's at least better than one line a night out there deserve more time. And I, I they're they're just frustrating to play against. They, when we talked preseason about that buzzing four check hockey, they're I mean the other lines are showing glimpses of it. Mm-hmm. They do it every shift. And that, that's yeah. they play the way this team is supposed to be played, and they'd be getting more minutes if they had more skill on, on, on their side. Well, you saw him against San Jose on Thursday night. <clears throat> Hitchcock had Reeves, Upshaw, and Brodzik up against Thornton, yeah, up against their top line with like four minutes left in the game. And they were comfortable with it. Hitchcock's got complete trust in those guys, 100% trust, because they're doing what the, what the team is asking them to do on a nightly basis, shift in, shift out. Every time they're out there, they're doing it. It's something that he's not getting from his other nine forwards at all. So let's talk about that a little bit. We've got that coaching tandem going on. Uh, we were somewhat excited about it, kind of not really, before the season. 
I, I think if you need to take off a Band-Aid, just, just rip the damn thing off. I, I, I think we need to get out of the Hitch era. Won't happen. You, nope. Nope. Armstrong said it the other night. Said if Hitch is in, in trouble, everybody's in trouble. Which goes back to the the only way that Hitch is gone is if Stillman fires Armstrong. And I'm not even convinced at that point it would happen. There's 100% no doubt in my mind that this season does not end with Ken Hitchcock behind the bench. They will not fire a coach that said he's retiring at the end of the year, especially, what is he, the third third or fourth winning as coach in NHL history? Yeah. He's not it going won't to. happen. It's a, it's a respect thing within the NHL that Ken Hitchcock will not be fired from the last job that he has. Could it be a situation where he just takes a diminished role since we have our next head coach there already? Nope. If he's not behind the bench, it's because he decided that he can't. he's not getting through to the team anymore. And he called it quits early. Do you think he's still getting through the, to the team? I though? don't think that he would ever admit that he doesn't have this team at this point. I, that would, do you think he does or doesn't right now? I don't think it's I don't think it's a problem of Hitchcock. I really don't. I've just looked at the inconsistent play on the team. I don't think it's a coaching problem. I I don't believe it to be a coaching problem. I don't think guys are playing up to their capabilities. One of the reasons I don't think it's a coaching thing is I look at what they did with Fabry. They sat him. And what did he do the next game? He came out like gangbusters. He took exactly what they what they told him. Because you you've been playing like hell. You're not going to play tonight. You're healthy, but you're not going to play. You're not doing what we're asking you to do, so you're going to watch. And look what he did when he came back. He's the one guy that went and stood up against uh, Josh Georges for the Steen hit. Robbie Fabry took that to heart. I don't think that this is a coaching thing. I think this is a matter of these guys have to get through to these guys that this is not the team that you had last year. This is not the system that you had, and you're going to have to change. And if it takes benchings, if it takes injuries... So be it, but it's got to, something has to get through to the players because I'm I don't believe it's a coaching problem. And I think watching these string of home wins <laughs> that a little bit happened in that blowout in Columbus in the third period. I was at that game, and you can see guys like Tarasenko starting to take it personal, and, and not going out and hammering people, but trying to hockey their way out of it. And, and you could see a little bit, you know, in my mind, I'm like, you guys have to stand up for yourselves after some point. But to your point, right? Because I saw that too. You got 12 forwards. Just use the 12 forwards. How many of them took it to heart? Do you really think took it to heart because they played that way? Fabry had a great game. Tarasenko stepped up. And that's about it. One-sixth of your forwards is what you mentioned. That's it. Yeah, and that's a big issue. That's a big issue because I look at other guys on this team. I don't want to call the captain out. I don't think it's fair. He's in his first year. I don't think it's his fault either. But he's having issues. There's no leader. Yeah. There's no leadership is my biggest well, thing that I would there, say. There's five. We always say there's five guys that can. And, and to be honest with you, I think one of the guys spitballing. I don't know this. I don't, you know, of the two and a half people that listen, I don't want to start a rumor. None of that. Unless the Blues are listening, then this is really going to blow up because Latka comes across to me as a guy that's bitter about not holding a leadership role. He's still got the A. Don't act like it. I'm not sure how many guys actually listen to Locke either. No, I, I'm not certain that they do. I don't. I don't know if there are a lot. I I feel like we're bashing the guy a lot, and I it's not trying to come across that way. It's just things right. that we notice. 
I just noticed no. that it's just the demeanor of when you watch a guy. You can tell a guy that carries him. Robbie Fabry carries himself in a different manner. He, from the moment he showed up, he carried himself differently. He, for the first, because he did not fight hardly any adversity last year. This kid came in and, and rolled. He had two great line mates. Well, oh, he had two great line mates, and he rolled right. Power. It was it was an oddity that he would come in. He was the new guy. People are really going to struggle with his game. He comes in sophomore slumps on his minds, on all of our minds. Does all these things. But you know what? They sat him down. They had a conversation. He took it like a man. He took it like a pro. And look at what he's doing right now because he's got that. He's got an extra gear. We talked about that last year. He's got it again. Jane Schwartz is another one. Schwartz is on fire too. He's Jane Schwartz carries himself in a different manner as since the day he showed up. So there's another guy. Using the other end of that spectrum, a guy that is very much on the same level of a um, of a Fabry because he's young, but he, and he's a little older. Actually, is you know where is Nail Yakupov? Do we even put him in the press box, or we just let him stay home? That's how far out of the conversation that yeah. we took. Nail Yakupov just finally got mentioned. What thirty minutes into the show? Well, I was saving it because I thought I sent a funny picture when we were talking about so show topics. Yeah, I didn't get been. it. You haven't seen the season of South Park? No, I haven't seen any season. Oh, of this South season's Park. been great. Oh, but no, he he hasn't been. He's been such a non-factor. You've completely forgot that he was even on this team at well, times. He started. He has his first two or three weeks of the season. I thought he was really strong. But well, you're, you're he just they're not. And, and would they say when they I, got him, we're going to let him play? Here's the thing. I would love to talk to somebody from Edmonton right now and have them tell us how many times they went through this in his career up there that he went through a four or five game span sure. of just dominant hockey. And then for the next 12, you went who? Where has he been? Like, well, and, you just well, don't even and, notice. You, you have to be questioning attitude at this point. And I know that's really early to say. You brought a guy into this team. You said, we're going to let him play. We're going to do all these things. And now he is missing an action. I mean, not even in the discussion. No, to he, be in he's there. never even brought up when he's a healthy scratch. Quite frankly, this looks, again, spreading rumors. This guy looks like a guy that worked his way maybe into Hitchcock's doghouse faster than any other human has ever done it. Pretty quick. And, and that and has his, to be a practice. That It has to be the non-game things. Because he's looked right. okay in games. They're good. <clears throat> he's it, could okay. be, it could be the effort in morning skates. It could well, you be gotta, the, you know, that kind of stuff. And that's big in hitches. You know, how do you prepare for well, the games? There was, and I don't have it in front of me. There was an article a week ago talking about Yakupov not being in and they interviewed him. And he point blank just said in there that he didn't really know why he wasn't in and he was frustrated by it. But, you know, that's the coach's decision. And it's like, well, I do want you to be frustrated. But just the tone of the article was very much a, I don't know why I'm not in there uh-huh. and I'm not looking to try to figure it out. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, which the answer to that is, you know, what's the definition of insanity? You've done this and you're not in the lineup. Maybe more disturbing than that, you've got Nail Yakupov on this team who can't crack the lineup, but you've got another guy that can't crack the lineup either that you drafted in Tyratty. Yakupov has a problem, but apparently Tyratty's game at this point is so bad that he can't get past Nail Yakupov to get into the lineup. Yeah. But where's he fit? I mean, I can see where Yakupov can be effective out there. 
but that's but that's my point. Well, but if you have team. two guys on your on your roster right now that can't get into your lineup, and let's not pretend like this was last year where this team was rolling and you just couldn't. Why would you pull somebody out of a lineup to put somebody else in? This is a team that is very much in question, and you've got a Nail Yakupov and a Tyratty that can't figure out where in the hell they belong. Two players that are pretty similar as far as offensive threats. They're top nine now, guys. Ratty doesn't Should hold be. a Ratty doesn't hold a candle to Yakupov's skill. Obviously, when you go one in the draft, there's something there that nobody else had. It's a matter of putting it on the ice and actually showing people that the skill is legit. But as far as offensive possibilities and size, speed, very similar players. Yet Ratty can't even get past Yakupov, who Yakupov has been almost completely forgotten about on this team. So where does that? I mean, where does that put those two guys? That just puts you. I mean, what for me? It's a bigger statement of the team. You've got two guys that can't crack the lineup, and again, it's not because the lineup's that good. It's because you can't put these guys in the lineup. So you got two guys holding spots for you right now that cannot. They offer you nothing. And That's Steen, pretty and much it. One of them. One of them gets in because Steen's out. That's it. I mean, the only reason these guys go in is when there's an injury. They're not doing anything else to bump somebody from the lineup. Right. Dimitri Yashkin is actually playing well. Dimitri Yashkin. For he's been playing really well. Some of the hockey. best hockey he's played in his yeah. career. So he's not coming out. You bench Fabry and you put in Yakubov, and what happened? You put Fabry one, right one back game, in the very next game. He, he responds. So that's the thing. Like, neither one of these guys is doing anything. And, any, and I know Raddy got hurt the other night. But neither one of these guys is making – an advancement in their own play to show the coaches, maybe we need to second guess this player to put this guy in. No, it's because so-and-so is sitting on the bench, unable to play that they're even on the ice. So it's, I don't know. I well, in, in this league, you can't just have injured, injured reserve players no. on your roster. Every, everyone no. in your 23 man roster needs to be an effective. And so Ratty gets player. in last night, correct? Mm-hmm. Again, so he gets in last night. So you can you can hopscotch back and forth over this and say, so <laughs> where does Ratty fit? Because he can't get past Nail Yakupov for games. Finally, when Steen gets hurt and they put Ratty in, what does that say about Nail Yakupov? Yeah. So the guy that couldn't crack I mean, the lineup goes, at all this season yeah, is both. the guy that cracks the lineup over the guy that you traded to get. Now, admittedly, we didn't trade a lot to get him, but you traded to get this guy. <coughs> and, as you just said, he was drafted number one overall, mm-hmm. and he can't crack the lineup. Ty Ratty, for one game, Ty Ratty took his spot. One more month, one more month of this in Yakupov, and I'm convinced that he's just riding it out, and then he's going to sign in the KHL. Right. One more month, and it's I'm convinced he's riding out his NHL contract to get to the KHL. Because I, I just I, everybody was predicting that pretty much in Edmonton this year that he was going to ride it out and just sign over there and be done with it, go back home. Because that's the other thing. A lot, there's been a lot of stories that he's having a hard time with the adjustment here. Now, granted, it's been five years, but yeah. at the same time, you know what? Some guys can't get past it. Just, yeah, I, but it, it, you're a professional at your job. I agree. You know, what? but there, it's also. I mean, he was what nineteen. He had to been 18, 19 when he was drafted. There's a lot maybe of 18, twenty nineteen year olds that go to other countries. I, to I completely sports. agree. No, I completely you know, agree. My point is just some guys can't get past it, and maybe he's one of these guys that can't. So he goes and finishes his career in the KHL, you know, playing next to Doxuk and Kovalchuk and doing whatever over there, making ruples upon ruples, and be done with it. <laughs> you know, but that's I mean that's where it is. And Ty Reddy will wind up finishing out his career on some AHL team because he'll never have the NHL. 
capabilities. Some guys just are what they are after a while. The difference with other teams in the NHL is they seem to address it a hell of a lot faster than the St. Louis Blues do. Tyratty's been doing this for almost three years with this team. So what if he played on the same line as Saboka? In the KHL? Yeah. <laughs> well, it'd be perfect. Uh, well, that's the end of our second period. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the Winter Classic jersey that finally came out. No Rick Rule intended. Um, and our instructions of how to go. Didn't we talk game. about this last time? Yeah. Or was it Didn't rumored? We? No, the, we, it wasn't out yet. Oh, it was just it was the leaked leak picture. Was, yeah. Which, and, it was it. Hated, and it was the exact it was it. It was the exact same sweater. And, and Daniels liked it. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. We'll get into it. No, we'll no, get no. into it. We'll be back in a few Stay the Blue Note, brought to you by John Bick of the St. Louis Blues. If you're looking to bring a group out, 12 to 20 people, I think I said. I don't know. Uh, give him a call. His number is 314-589-5555. 
five nine five eight. Uh, <clears throat> Clear. Yeah, we're good. All right, another rough takeoff. <laughs> um, so the Blues, we saw a preview of it before the last show. Finally, the Winter Classic uniforms. I think we've converted Brian. Have we? No. What did I just say? <laughs> they were better than what I thought they were going to be, but they're still a massive disappointment. So I pre-ordered one. <laughs> that makes sense to me. And uh, the whole... <coughs> <coughs> there, there's something going wrong in the podcast. Um, the whole process was just awful. So, like, the pre-order, you didn't really pay for it. You just said you wanted one, and you said what you wanted. And uh, the day before it came out, they said, okay, you can pay for it now. And I spent all day trying to pay for my jersey, and I couldn't. So I called them, and I got a busy tongue, and I got another busy tongue. So I shot them an email. An hour and a half went by. I shot them another email. Another hour went by. I shot him another email, and uh, they said their their servers are really busy. Keep trying, and uh, it was about one a.m. and I gave up. And they said, "Well, we'll have plenty on hand at the shop." So I you went started down. at what time? Uh, I got the email maybe like nine a.m. You went at this from nine a.m. to one a.m. I had nothing else to do. It, it was like every two really? hours I would check on my phone. So you still have never gotten a response. Oh, I did get a response. I said, keep trying. That's helpful. Yes. Wow. Okay. So, and from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw that it, they're saying that the only place you can get the Winter Classic jersey is at NHL.com or at the True Blue store at Scott Trade Center. Is that I correct? Do, I have a friend that works for Macy's, and I think he posted that they had them there. Okay. I also have been to Johnny Max since these jerseys have been released, and they have them. And from what I'm understanding, the difference between the ones at Johnny Max and the one at the True Blue store, minus the price, is apparently the one at True Blues or NHL.com comes with the Winter Classic patch on it. Yeah, I thought that's what it was. I minus thought that was the only patch. difference. Right. Now, I didn't know they were, they were doing two different runs. I can also do some math. I can go buy that patch and buy the jersey at Johnny Max get somebody to put it on for me and you save quite a few dollars last time I checked. How much was it? At, uh, we don't need to discuss that, but the process was <laughs> a mishmash. It was awful. I mean, a simple Google search. And then I got me. down there and uh, and they had like two people working and there's a huge line. I mean, I was in that. When you say a huge line, how many? It like was out it the was building? Almost out the building at the end of it. I mean, wait. Wait. But everyone was a single file line to two cashiers. I th- if you would have lined everybody up, yeah, it would have been that long. You mean our St. Louis Blues organization was understaffed? They, they were bringing more people on because that. Right. No, because the day that that goes on sale seems like a day maybe to short chat. It yeah, caught no, him by surprise. Caught him by surprise. Hey, we're going to put the new sweaters on sale today. So just let's get to it. That being well, said, I only got Blake and Tommy working. That being said, I was out of there. The new bath mats are John. <laughs> I was out of there in twenty minutes. Nobody. It was just kind of. A, it was kind of a mess. Nobody. You didn't get I that. I caught the bath mats reference. Yeah, it's a and great movie. New, the new bath mats are in. Get excited. It's a great movie. Great movie. Also, there's um, a serial rapist, rapist up on these. Oh wait, that's my other job. Wait, that's my other job. Um, okay, so twenty minutes it took you. Twenty ish, and I switched jerseys. I had a blank one, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna Pareko. I got a Pareko. Did they have that pre-made? Pre-made, and you can get them customized if you want. The first three people in front of me got uh, turned their jerseys back in to get Petro on them. 
horrific. So I can put my name with the number 99 on the back of it? Probably to That's um, terrific. Terrific. Uh, how we'll many are we going to see? How many are we going to see? Well, I don't know if you could. I didn't see someone ask for 99 in their name. No, no. Eric's I'm, dad. I'm, I'm putting it out there. How many are we going to see? I'm asking the question at the classic that day. How many are we going to see? What, I don't know what the question is. You of what you just said. Thing. Bad jersey number that does not belong on the jersey. How many of the Gretzky's? Well, or now, even I'll now, even go now, Hall now McInnes. No, no. See, we're going to have to discuss that because technically there's going to be an alumni game. They're going to wear a sweater. It's not wearing that they one, the but nobody else had the opportunity to wear this sweater. I don't have an issue with that. I have an issue with the guy that puts his own last name with the great ones. Okay, number. how many of those are you going to see? Oh, it, Baker's dozen. Thirteen. It's thirteen. <laughs> thirteen. What's that in Canada? Right. In What's that in metric? Fourteen and a half. <clears throat> and three liters, eh? <laughs> um, now I I saw the jersey. I as we said before, it got released. I wasn't a fan of just the picture of it. I wanted to see it the whole whole package and I the like socks, it. pants, the helmet. You know, it looks good when it's all together. I still kind of lean to where we were. It's not. The best thing that I could have seen them come up with. I don't know what it is, but there's something about the collar that's just weird to me. I'm not a big fan of the collar, but I think it's a great sweater. I, it's a good retro look. I mean, it, it is pure to what they wore when they came in. I'll give them that. Is it better than our current third? No. Not even close. Nowhere near. Now, if you want to give me some sort of mishmash between the two, I'll see what you got to offer. What you got to offer for a third jersey next year, or fourth if you want to consider it that. But well, for like the Blackhawks, and they have seventeen winter jerseys. Well, when you play in seventeen outdoor games, you got to come up with the jerseys. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt now. Playing with them on Xbox or playing against them in Xbox, and there's like you want to wear the winter last year, the summer series this year. The, the hey, I I mean I give their marketing team a lot of credit. It's got to get hard at times after. Got to do another outdoor jersey. I mean, <laughs> hey, it's the '84 Hawks. And, and speaking of, have you seen the the alumni roster for the Blackhawks against the Blues? I am more excited for that game. It is a who's who of who was not good with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Darren Pang's a net. It's phenomenal. <laughs> He's just a little panger. I mean, Eric Daze is on that team. Oh, it's gonna be great! I can't wait. Wow, there's a name. Eric Daze is on the Blackhawks didn't, alumni roster. Didn't for think the that one Classic. was coming up. Oh, I can't wait for this. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, no Ronick, no Savard, no Dirk Graham. Ronick, not bad. I guess because he's working, but still, how's Ronick not bad? I don't. Did he play with them? Uh, he played with them a good chunk. He played with them a good chunk. No, 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 not with the Hawks, but with one of their alumni teams already. Yeah, I think he has. And also, I don't know. Blues, I don't know how much he's loved. I was just—that's where I was going with it. I'm not sure he's. I mean, Ronick is who Ronick is. He's outspoken and he says whatever is on his mind, um, and he plays it up a little bit. Because I remember when the Hawks won their first cup, he was in tears next to Dan Patrick when they won it because he was you know it's Chicago Blackhawks, Chicago Blackhawks, you know, because he started there. But yeah, I'm not so sure how well a terms he left on with them. Because it was where it was them to Philly or them to Arizona to Philly, then to L.A. and San Jose and all those teams out west. But um, yeah, I don't know. It was weird. I just didn't. There's not a lot of big names. You know, I know Denny Savard already played in one with them. And I guess it's I again, it's probably hard for them to come up with a alumni roster at some point. When it's your sixth year playing an outdoor game like that, 
There's at it's least like, five like, guys that I've never heard of playing on the like roster. Cup. They asked me to go to the White House again. I met the president <laughs> again. That's an outstanding That reference. was a good job. Well, thank you. Give you that one. That's kind of, yeah. So I, I am truly looking more forward to the uh, alumni game than the actual game just because it's Chicago and I hate Chicago. There's going to be so many Chicago people there. I don't think I'm – I'm not looking forward to the alumni <clears throat> game more than the game at all. Not, not It'll at all. be neat to see everybody. Especially out on the ice like that at once, but but the, <clears throat> I mean they brought back Holly Oates. Well, they have to. They're not going to get another outdoor game anytime soon. I got a point. I disagree. Well, we'll see how this. I don't think goes. I don't think it's going to become Chicago like. I don't <laughs> think that'll happen. I, I could absolutely see the Blues getting a stadium series game. I think this sold really well from everything I've heard. I think it'll be. A, I think that w- the Blues have a great relationship with the Cardinals, so I think the Cardinals are see that as an outstanding marketing piece for them. So they'll always want to do stuff. I don't know. I think we see one. And, I, and I'll go as far as to say that I think uh, not next season, but the following season, I think you could have a stadium series game right back here. in Bush. Wow. Within two years, really? I think so. And you'll see a different team, obviously, of some sort. It wouldn't even surprise me if you didn't see a uh, Nashville, a Nashville Predator type setup. And and that might be a reach only because you got two smaller markets. So you might bring a team from the coast. You might bring a Canadian team. I don't know what you I mean. You, you've got all sorts of options there. But I think you get a stadium series well, game I, quick. I, mean, I don't think you need that marquee team for the stadium series. No. I mean, who was it? Well, San Jose and, and Colorado played the one year? No, it was Colorado played Detroit right. last year. And those aren't two. I mean, Detroit's a big name. But, but that was too. that was a matchup of, uh, of oh, a Stanley they, Cup final from, from the 90s. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, were, they're going to write the story one way or another. Yeah. Uh, and that seems what they do with that is, you know, it's the game, it's the spectacle, but they also put a good narrative to it. Right. You could easily Man, bring I, up. I like your optimism. I just, I don't see it within I, five years. Oh, I think it does. I think it happens. The only, the only thing you could struggle with, uh, but they're getting around it on this one, is the uh, stadium series sponsor um, might be the big issue because I believe Coors has that. Don't Coors, they? It's still the Coors Light yeah. Stadium Series. Is it yeah. still the Coors Light? Yeah. Uh, so put, uh, so put the the bridge, it's the Bridgestone Winter Bridgestone Classic. Winter Classic. Okay. That's how that the only The only knock, and, and that could be a legitimate issue, is putting a Coors um, in Bush Stadium, but they may not even care. Well, no, because they'll probably own them by the time it comes around next time. Which one? Well, they're they're both buying everybody take up. Pick, yeah. One will own the other one. Yeah. InBev's buying everything. As well, um, speaking of games, we we've been to a couple this year. Um, one, I've been to one game this year. I think four, and it was half. It's two thirds of a game. Remember? That's not half. It's about the first. I said okay. <laughs> oh, we had a little car issue. Pat had a little car issue. What happened? I watched my truck get towed out of the city hall parking lot because it blew up in the parking lot. Okay, blew up is. Maybe like during a, the game, a, right? We no. were inside and we figured and out his car it. blew up. Yep, yep. I no. want you to think that through while he goes back and thinks about blowing up. Well, we're just gonna take a second, we'll go to dead silence and we'll start over. My truck almost blew up and I was in it. It's not true. That's you weren't there. It's be quiet, not, but I know <laughs> you weren't there. Be quiet, but I know what happened to the truck. Either way, I spent the entire first period trying to get AAA to my truck to get it towed out of there. See, I could just picture you two standing like 
at that window behind 331. <laughs> like, like, nope, nope, to the left, to the right. <laughs> yep, the, the red no, one right there. Yep, no. Yep. no, he actually convinced me to go to the game because I was set to leave. I well, was just going to miss the game. There were several things. First off, this is how close the car came to blowing up. The car was not towed you were out not of there. The, I was there. You were not there when it almost blew up. He drove the car out of the parking lot to the tow truck. Life flashed before my eyes. Just, I mean, right there. It was the equivalent of it was the equivalent of blowing a radiator hose. That's what it was. I I didn't know we we're going to go down this this path. I heard a great. pop. There was a lot of smoke. It almost blew up. I digress. <laughs> So then he announces that he's going to ride, which would have been cute. You and the two tow truck drivers. I didn't know there's two guys coming, first of all. <laughs> this, is the best, dri- this is the best moment in podcast history. <laughs> to take his truck. How am I just now hearing about and this? And he was going to You were even at the game that which night, Which game too. was this? The game you were at, the Detroit game. He's been to four. Well, Sorry. Detroit um, game. So I had to try it. I was at Detroit. So, yeah, this was the one that yeah. you couldn't tell us about until afterwards. With your phenomenal description of your date. Uh, Continue. I'll say it. That was Calgary anyway. Oh, that was Calgary. Continue. Anyway, the. um, So he was going to ride with the two tow truck drivers. Man, this is good. And I said, what are you going to do? He said, I'll call Jess and have her pick me up because, you know, admittedly, the, 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 the repair shop's right down the street from him. And I said, why? <laughs> I have a car here. Let's just go to the hockey game and then I'll take you to your car, which, oh, by the way, you know, is a minute past your house and directly in route to mine. And uh, he says, well, what are they going to do with the car? They're going to leave it. They're going to leave it. What are they going to do with the key? And then he came up with a creative solution to that, which was pretty easy. They hid the key, and then we went to the hockey game. But we did miss the entire first period, which is fine. The car was fine. Everything happened. But no one died. No almost one died. Pat nearly lost his life almost, due to the equivalent of a radiator leak. I almost lost my pinky toe. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is a great story. So, yeah, I've been to two-thirds of a game this year. Wow. Take that's, that back. Like and, and because but the, I've been to enough in the, my past to be able to talk about the, this topic. The parking lot attendants at City Hall. Polite people. Polite people, quality individuals, outstanding work ethic, nearly had us blocked in completely. Yeah. And um, it was so poorly managed that I ended up parking at uh, Union Station, which is a rarity. Don't like parking there. Wow. It's a hike. That's it was also it was the return of Steve Ott. That's why everybody was at the game. It was a <laughs> mad rush. I remember that. Was there a tribute video? Because we weren't there in the beginning. But I'm there, sure was. there was. There was. I heard that there was unbelievable. Yeah, it was a quick one. They did it during the first uh, TV timeout, which I could have done it in the first thirty second timeout. It still would have been ridiculous. If you would have done it during the first thirty second timeout, it would have been twenty eight seconds of wasted time. <laughs> the guy's entire career could be summed up in two seconds. I'm a pirate. <laughs> That's the best description Five. you could have given him. <laughs> so anyway, we were going to do a quick guide of how to go to a hockey game because there's some people that clearly don't know what they're doing at a Blues game. From this last story, most Pat. of them are most of them are in the ice. <laughs> but um, I know what I'm doing at the game. It's getting to the game. Struggled, struggled to get to the game. The uh, the number one rule I have while at a Blues game is stay in your seat till the play stops. And what drives me up a frippin' wall is those people that sit there the entire TV timeout and the entire intermission game is going on. <laughs> oh. And the puck drops 
And there's like five seconds that go by. And then they say, you know what? I'm going to go out to the lobby and get myself a snack. We should be able to throw things at those people and then be reimbursed for the things that we throw because those sodas are like $9. We have constitutional carry now. I think we should just be able to shoot. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) The the thing that drives me, that gets me, and actually it happened the night that we were – Going to the Detroit game, we went, walked in. There may have been like three minutes left in the first or something. We walked up. Were you with me when the guy, are you going to say about the, what the guy asked? What asked? He asked yeah. the usher. He, we're standing waiting for the play to stop, to go to the seats. Patiently waiting. Now, granted, we're getting a little irritated because it was like four and a half continuous minutes of play, which had never happened at this This point. is after we removed Pat Almost from the ventilator. Died. Anyway, and, right. This guy walks up and he like goes barreling past everybody, and the usher's kind of got to put his hand out to stop him. And he he stops and he's you know the guy was polite, but he legitimately looked at the usher and like the other people in line's like, why can't we go? What are we waiting for? Was what he said. Did not. What know. are we waiting for? Now, I will say this much: <laughs> at least he was polite about it. He stood there and waited and understood what was told to him. The problems that come in are the clowns that do not care, and they most likely do know that you're not supposed to get up and walk in during the play at all. They just go barreling past the usher and get right into where they need to go and disrupt everybody when they're trying to watch the play. Those are the ones that are my problems. Those ass clowns deserve to hit the bottom bowl when the towel guy throws something off the top rafter. Two, we're hoping he falls eventually. Those are the ones that get me. Uh, it's it's just common courtesy and really, I mean, God damn, stop. I, I always thank them for waiting for a stoppage in play if they're walking by me. If they're the right one, in front of me, I'll tell them thank you. The other video we got to put on the page is the Andrew Ference PSA video. About shoot. About people yelling shoot. Oh, it's fantastic. Please put that on the page because that needs to be seen by everybody as well. So the video, it's uh, – he, he was playing for Edmonton at the time? Yeah. He still plays for Edmonton. Still, still there. Uh, he just – it's, a, it's a PSA and he just thanks people for letting him know what to do with the puck with the wide open Because he's unsure a lot of times. Yeah. It's really good. Um, well done. Yeah, the shoot birds, the, I, the, they drive me nuts because they don't know what they're – oh, the last guy in defense and there's two guys in front of him just rip the puck on goal after the guy's pads for a two on up. Um, those guys, uh, the guys know? that always blame the lack of lack of enthusiasm for because there's no hitting. You got to get into a fight, man. There's got to be you know you got to get hit. Got to start hitting everybody. Just hit everything. Ugh. That those worked guys. in the '90s. It hasn't worked in the NHL in quite a few years now. The power play dance people, stop it! Oh, oh the power play dance people, stop it! And then that, what I hate is the people that you don't know sitting next to you that try to get you to do it. Mm. They just look at you like you're the asshole not doing it. It's like, no, I'm, I'm an adult. This is stupid. You know what else we need to get rid of? Louie. I love Louie. I don't care. He's hilarious. I, you know, I, th- I, I, I regret doing this show like every two weeks. And um, now that you've said that, I really have to think it through. I think Louie's hilarious. You got Louie on your Winter Classic jersey, didn't you? You said Pareko, but you meant Louie. Do you know some poor son of a bitch last year at the uh, the last game where they pull the season ticket <laughs> names and you win a jersey or win the sweater off of a player's back? And I know we told the story last year, and I was lucky enough to get called and got to go down there. And the entire time, I'm thinking to myself, 
it can't get worse than having to get Louie. And then my wife says to me, well, God, I just hope you don't get Ott. And I thought, oh, my God, it could be worse than getting Louie. I could get Steve Ott. But uh, luckily, it, it worked out. I got it. Louis you can make like into a bed cover. No, something. that stupid rat comes over and hangs out with you for a minute and doesn't have the decency to sign the poor kid's sweater when he got it. Can you hold a pen? I don't care. They make pretty big Sharpies nowadays. Pre-sign it. Did it mean anything that the mascot came over to you? It's not like he can take it off over his head anyway. He handed you a sweater that came from the back room. You didn't put your signature on a stamp. Yeah, but... The Disney characters find a way to do it. How the hell can Louie not? Because he's not that level yet. He's a so clearly. It was uh, when I got my Petrangelo jersey made. Peter Angelo. Whatever. Um... My buddy Matt was working, and he he mentioned something to me. He's like, "Oh yeah, we got a new Louie." I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "The new guy's really a big douchebag. The other guy's cool, but now he's Puff the Magic Dragon in Disney World." <laughs> 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 I'm just like that, that conversation. I never thought would go through. <laughs> and I'm just I'm just like stunned, and like he's just congratulations. Going, like, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, Shuttles are good. I like shuttles there. Or actually, I take shuttles home. Uh, I Uber there. It's only like ten bucks, nine bucks to Uber from Soulard, so that's not too bad. Really, it's that expensive? Uh, I think last time it depends on the day, but I've paid either between seven bucks and nine bucks. Have you ever thought about saving the seven or nine bucks and just saying, "Hey, Daniels, since you have season tickets, I need a ride home." Well, no, I take the shuttle. The shuttle's free. I'd take the Uber there because I like to get there before the uh, shuttle. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I jump on the shuttle home. I think you could apply the same thing I said to that. But I could. We're delving yeah. into that more. than I would have thought it'd been a lot cheaper. I don't know why. I mean, you Uber, don't live, the Ubers you live in right St. down Louis, the road. The Ubers in St. Louis are a little bit more expensive than the rest. I've taken an Uber a couple different cities. They must be because I was I spent last weekend in Nashville, and we, we actually stayed like 15 miles outside Nashville, and our Uber to get downtown on Broadway was $17. We're at 15 miles outside of downtown, yeah. huh? Yeah. Wow. That sounds awful. No, it wasn't bad at all. Actually, it was pretty decent. It made the trip really kind you know, of, but it was know, a $17 Uber ride. That's why I'm surprised when you said nine or 10 bucks. I was like, God, that's half of what we paid. Um, Columbus. That needs to be a trip next season. I don't know if I can handle that cannon. Dude, I, I have zero. I've been to Ohio several times. We've been through it. There's nothing I, to see in Columbus. Columbus was fun as hell. I, I don't know if I can handle that cannon. And I'm surprised you would even recommend it after hearing it eight times. I had fun, and there was a lot of alcohol involved. Well, I'm not, I, I knew that. I figured by at least the sixth one, you'd have pissed your pants with the amount of beer you'd had. Well, I was so far up in the rafters that it didn't really matter. So you're actually there. above the cannon? I was above the cannon. I was way Literally? Up. I was way up. No, it was to the opposite corner. Like, I was on the end of the cannon on the other corner. Okay. Way up there. And their stadium's, Still. Their stadium's really steep, so you're way, way up. What is it seat? I don't know. I didn't count them. But I suppose I could look that up. They had Tim Hortons, and they had a Skyline Chili. It's a dangerous combination. And with a cannon going off. <laughs> you really don't want to be sitting next to the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I was walking out of the stadium, and the guy just goes, hey, how's our old coach working for you? I'm like, well, we've been to the playoffs every year, so pretty good. <laughs> Uh, anyway. Hey, let them have their fun. Yeah, they they won eight to four. They deserved it that night. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, that's this week's show. We've uh, jabbered on enough. We appreciate everyone to listen. And um, parting words, Patrick. 
I don't have many about this one so far. Just keep it going. See what happens next week. I mean, God knows they just won three in a row at home, so you could be looking at a four-game losing streak for, yeah. for all Side we know. Forward. Daniels? Yeah, I got nothing. All right. Uh, <laughs> thank you again to our show sponsor, John Bick of the St. Louis Blues. If you're looking for a night out with 12 to 16 of your friends, give him a call, 314-589-5958. One more show like this, and he's going to have nothing for us. <laughs> <laughs> You talk about a guy that regrets the show every two weeks. Oh, sucker. All right. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, that's all she wrote. State of the Blue Note Podcast. State of the Blue.